This morning I want to read for your consideration a very special passage of scripture found in the first chapter of the book of Acts. And I call your special attention to the reading of these words. The writer says, in those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120 and said, brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. The part of the specialty of the reading of these words is found in the fact that these are the words of St. Peter addressed to a segment of the church known in that day in regards to the life of Judas Iscariot. And I think they have a special meaning when you look at the fact that, Jude, uh, that Peter is talking to the rest of the church about one who had been a part of their life and a part of their ministry and one with whom they had lived. He said he was one of our number and he shared in this ministry. Then he makes in parenthesis, with the reward he got for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong, his, his body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this. So they called that field in their language, Akadelmel, that is, field of blood. For said Peter, it's written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it. And then he said, may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it's necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when, Judas was when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And so they proposed two men, Joseph called by Sabbath, also known as Justus and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these you have chosen to take over the apostolic ministry which Judas left to go where he belongs. And then they drew lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, and so he was added to the eleven apostles. And indeed, we enjoy the blessings of God's Holy Spirit when we read these words of Scripture. From our scripture lesson this morning, I want to lift up one verse for your consideration. Not so much as a text for the foundation of our message, as much as it is simply a memory verse that sort of lingers in your mind as thoughts for us to remember. Those are the words of St. Peter as he speaks in regards to Judas Iscariot saying, May another take his place. If you were asked to describe the one of Jesus' disciples most likely to be regarded as a success, you would have to say the one most likely to be regarded in this respect was Judas Iscariot. While the man most likely to be regarded as a failure according to the standards of his society was Peter. And yet, looking in retrospect at the life of these two individuals, you are forced to admit the greatest story of failure ever recorded is the story of Judas Iscariot, while the ultimate story of success is found in the final chapter of the life of St. Peter. Now, these two individuals came from entirely different backgrounds. Judas was an educated man as far as education of his day was concerned. He had some degree of respectability in the community in which he lived. 
In all probability, Judas was to some degree a religious individual, even though there is very little said about his relationship to the church of his day. By all of the standards, you look at his life and you are forced to believe, or at least I'm forced to believe, in all probability, Judas was religious in a sense of the word, in that he understood the letters of the law, he understood the rituals of the church, and in all probability, the early years of his training had grown up out of the teachings of the church, and he had prepared himself uh, to live according to these teachings. To say the least, wherever Judas went, wherever the disciples of Jesus went, Judas was the one who carried with him a badge of respectability. And the people who saw him and who understood him and who knew him looked with a sense of favor upon the remainder of the disciples in part because of the fact of the presence of Judas Iscariot and the position he had acquired in the community in which he had grown up. On the other hand, Peter was nothing more than a commercial fisherman. He was a rather rugged outdoors individual, outdoorsman, who knew quite well the ways of the world. He understood the language of the street and all probability understood most of the customs of the street. He could hold his own in a barroom brawl. He could stand up with any individual and profane as profusely as, as, as any person in his day. He was a rugged individual in every sense of the word and whenever he moved into the company of the respectable, there were always those in that number that shuddered to think uh, Peter had become a part of their group or a part of their community. Whatever else you might say about the life of, say, of Peter, uh, you have to admit when you look in retros retrospect that here was a man who certainly would not be the idol of most parents as they thought of a man they would like for their child to emulate. And yet, as varied as their backgrounds were, each of these had a great deal in common as far as their own life and their own ministry was concerned. Early in his ministry, Jesus had seen their possibilities and had chosen them to be his disciples. They had labored with him through the entirety of his ministry in that from almost the very first day when Jesus began to call disciples, he chose these two individuals because he had seen in their life certain possibilities. He had seen them possess certain resources that he felt would be meaningful among the life of his disciples in establishing the church and laying the foundation for the building of the kingdom of God. No doubt both of these men had a very special place within the community of discipleship. Jesus knew that Judas had the qualifications to be an effective treasurer. He understood the value of dollars and cents. He knew how to take the money and use it wisely. Jesus knew that if they were going to make their expenses and to meet their obligations, somebody had to hold on to the money and somebody had to give guidance and direction as to way, the way in which the money would be kept and the money would be spent. 
He also saw in St. Peter the opportunity to have one who represented all that was tried and tested and tough as far as the standards of the world were concerned. He looked in his face and in the rugged character of this individual and he said, wherever he goes, people will see him and uh, they will understand we are not a namby-pamby group of people. We are here to do business, to meet our needs. We are here to labor and work. And he realized that Peter could speak to a multitude of people that no other individual could, could address or to whom they could speak. And yet, perhaps the greatest strand of commonality between these two individuals was in the mistake they made and in the way in which they handled the mistake of their life. And in reality, this becomes the ultimate contrast of our humanity. For no doubt, the difference between success and failure for multitudes of people, many of us included, is the way in which we handle the failures of our life and the way in which we turn these in to the possibilities of success. And this is the thing to which I would call your special attention this morning as we contemplate the life of these two individuals in relationship to our own life. There are four things in the story that I lift up for your consideration as to the way in which we can turn the failures of life into moments of triumph, moments of success and victory. And the first of these is the simple fact that when they made their mistake, Peter was able to confess his mistake while all Judas could do was simply deny that any mistake had ever been made. The writer says in describing the life of Peter, when he realized as the cock crew, when he realized that he had denied his Lord and had made a mistake, the writer said he went out and he wept bitterly. However, the only attempt Judas made at any change in his life came when he simply returned to the people who had given him the money and tried to return to them the money they had given him and denied that any, any deal had ever been made. And so often, here is the point at which the ultimate difference in your life and mine begins to take shape. For most of us live with the mistakes that we have made. Most of us live with a feeling that everything has not happened in the way in which we would like for it to have happened. And we know that there are mistakes and there are failures and there are so many parts of life that we would like to have forgotten or like to have overcome without ever stopping to realize that the only way in which we can make a difference in our own experience and in our own life between success and failure is to confess the mistakes that we have made and simply say, I'm sorry. I didn't really want to do it. But it's done 
and there's nothing more that I can do. There is an old cliche that, that sort of sums it up in a, to me most perfectly. As the writer said, an honest confession is good for the soul. And this is what Peter did. He looked at his life. He heard the cock crow. He remembered the words of Jesus. And he went out and said, I'm sorry. And he was able thereby to begin the change within his life that ultimately was going to make him the success that he became and turn the tide within his own experience. The second place, we see in these two men that Judas had absolutely no confidence in the willingness of Christ to forgive while Peter came to rely solely upon this facet of Jesus' ministry for the well-being and the development of the remainder of his life. In a very real sense, Judas gave up on Jesus. He, didn't, he said, Jesus doesn't care about me. Jesus doesn't make any difference now as far as my life is concerned. And while, in contrast, Peter waited on Christ. To be sure, he went back to his fishing boats. He got out his nets and started once again the resumption of his old way of life. But all of the time, he, he was waiting to hear what Jesus had to say. And even though he may not have known for sure that one day Jesus was going to come again and call him out, he did know that when Jesus came and called, he could say, here am I, Lord. What do you want me to do? Judas gave up on him. He simply turned around and denied anything at all of the power of God to deal with the mistakes of his life. While Peter knew somewhere within the back of his mind the possibilities of Christ and the unlimited opportunities that would be available to him as a result of the ministry which Jesus had begun. Or again, we see in these men the fact that they looked not only at the life of Christ in a different way, but they looked at their own life in a different way. For not only did Jesus give up on, uh, not only did Judas give up on Jesus, he gave up on himself as well. He simply said, I've failed. I've destroyed all the possibilities that life offered to me. There's no hope as far as I'm concerned. There's nothing else that I can do. And Judas, uh, Peter, in talking about Judas to the rest of the people in our scripture says, he went out into the field that he had purchased with the money that had been given to him. And there he committed suicide. He took his own life and destroyed forever and forever any possibility of reclamation that may have lain in store for him as an individual. And all too often, 
This is the thing that happens within our experience and within our life. Not that we commit suicide. Very small percentage of people ever really go so far as to actually commit suicide. The thing that happens to us is we don't literally take our life, but we do something even worse. We entomb ourselves in a world of retreat in which we turn our back on the rest of the world and say, it's over. There's nothing left for me to do. We, we close ourselves off from any possibilities, any opportunities. I think that one of the greatest tragedies I've witnessed through the years of my ministry are those individuals I have come to know who have been endowed with, from God with special abilities and talents and opportunities and possibilities. But somewhere along the way, they became embittered with the realities of their own experience and closed themselves up in, in a little shell, in a little world in which they were never willing to undertake or to accept the challenges that, with which they were faced simply because of the mistakes they had made or the mistake they had made somewhere along the way. Someone has so well said many people uh, never make a mistake because they don't do anything. If we do anything, we're going to make mistakes. Simply because we have made a mistake doesn't mean that we have to give up on ourselves and neglect the opportunities and possibilities that God has invested in us and use the talents that he has given to us. In fact, it seems to me that every mistake we made ought to become a stepping stone on the road to success. It seems to me if I understand anything at all of human nature, particularly in light of the Christian faith, then every mistake we made should become a stepping stone on the road to success. And it will if we accept it in the way in which Peter accepted the mistakes of his life and the challenge God gave as a result of the mistake that he had made. And that brings us to the concluding factor of the story, and that is this. The greatest tragedy of Judas' life was he overlooked God's grace and God's redemption. And for a great many people, this is the ultimate difference within our human experience. The poet has said so well to heirs human to forgive is divine and in reality the real difference in an individual's life between success and failure is most often the way in which we look at the grace of God and the redemptive spirit in which that grace was given through Jesus Christ the greatest sin of Judas' life was not his betrayal of Jesus Christ. 
Hear that, if you will. The greatest sin of his life was not his betrayal of Jesus Christ. The greatest sin of his life was that he would not let God's grace and mercy give him the joy of redemption. And so often, the contrast of life in so many individuals is found in the way in which we accept or reject God's grace in a redemptive way as a result of the mistakes that we have made. Peter started out as the very personification of failure and ended in the joys of success. Judas started out as an expression of respectability and his life ended in tragedy simply because one could admit his mistakes and the other couldn't. One believed in the message of Christ's forgiveness and the other didn't. One never gave up on himself regardless of the mistakes that he had made and the other did. One looked into the heart of God and heard the words of Christ I love you this much while the other never looked beyond the shadow of his own mistake. Help us, our Heavenly Father, as we struggle from time to time to realize that amidst the uncertainties of our own life, there are the continuing possibilities revealed in Jesus Christ and shared with us through the power of thy Holy Spirit. For we make our prayer in Jesus' name.